0: It's made in nine different states of Mexico, from over 30 different agave species, and each different agave species in each different state tastes different. (laughs) Thank goodness our guest is here to teach us how to drink mezcal. I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast Every week, we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time. Eduardo Gomez is not only the director of Mex Grocer, the place to find the widest range of authentic Mexican groceries and ingredients in the UK and Europe, but also the founder of the Tequila and Mezcal Fest, and co creator of Ojo de Dios Mezcal. If he doesn't know Mezcal, no one does he's here to give us a beginner's tour of the other agave spirit. Eduardo, it's so lovely to have you on the show. You are the first person to talk about mezcal, and I'm really excited because I adore mezcal, both tequila and mezcal, I love. So why don't you introduce yourself and how you fell into mezcal?
1: Yes, thank you very much. Uh, Thanks for the invite, first of all. My name is Eduardo Gomez. I'm originally from Mexico City, and I came to the UK in 2003 as, as a summer holiday, actually. <laughs> uh, and, and my mom is still asking me, it was a holiday, and 18 years later, I'm still here. So.
0: I love that the Mexican comes to the UK for the summer.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's supposed to be the reverse, no. <laughs>
1: Well, it was you know. I mean, summer is not as cold as in winter, so for us, it's, it's but, not yeah. that bad. I mean, I'm just to I'm just to the weather now. But back in the day, summer was not too bad. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, my name is Eduardo Gomez once again, and I've been selling and importing tequila mezcal for a long time, and I have my own my own mezcal brand.
0: So, how did you even start with mezcal? You weren't just born in Mexico, came over here, and that—that that was it. We need to hear a little <laughs> bit more about you.
1: Of course. Well, actually, it happened as uh, by an accident. I came for holidays. I'm a lawyer, originally a criminal lawyer in Mexico. I was working for the Mexican prosecution offices, dealing oh, with dealing with murders and kidnappers and, and and so on. So it was a very strong and powerful environment that I used to deal with. And when I came to to the UK, I came to improve my English for a summer holiday, and I had the opportunity to join the Mexican embassy. So I worked for the Mexican embassy in the consular section for six months. And then in one of those events of the embassy, I met the people from Corona beer, the Mexican lager, right? The most popular Mexican beer. And they invited me to, to work with them, to collaborate with them for in, in the promotion team. So I started working with Corona doing promotions. I'm talking about six months later. So for me, it was like, OK, I stay another six months. I'm having fun. Why not? And then they offered me a full-time job. And when I noticed it was five years and then 10 years, I worked for Corona extra for 10 years until they sold it to Anna but Budweiser. Yeah. And we lost our jobs. Like, uh, during that time, I did an MBA in London. So I, I, I thought, well, I have to do something while I'm here. Either I do a master's in law or I do something different. To do a master's in law was very difficult because I need pretty much to, to do the whole thing because common law and Mexican law are completely different. Right. So I didn't have time, neither the energy to do it. So I decided to do an MBA, to to move into business management. And when I finished with Corona, I had a master's degree. So I then joined uh, Amethyst Drinks, which is drinks, uh, wines and spirit, importers and distributors. And they also have some shops. I was the brand manager for Amethyst Drinks in charge of all the spirits from the American continent. So from cachaça in Brazil, obviously. Pisco from Peru, rum from Nicaragua, rum from the Martinique, obviously tequila, mezcal, bourbon from Kentucky. And obviously I put a lot of attention and focus on tequila and mezcal. And back in 2011, there were not artisanal mezcal in the UK. So we were the first company, I was the first person, one of the first ones to start importing artisanal mezcal into the UK. Because before that, you could find other brands with worms on it. I will not say the names, but you know, the the typical mezcal with a worm on it. I started importing uh, mezcal and I fell in love with mezcal. You know, I mean, Uh uh, when I was young, I used to go to Puerto Escondido in Oaxaca every year. And I remember that traveling across Oaxaca, you know, crossing the mountains down to the beach, I remember seeing... People in the road selling bottles of Mezcal, like in an empty Coca-Cola plastic bottles. But back, back then we were like, no, 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 we cannot drink that. We may get sick. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how, how sad and how silly, because obviously I'm, I'm sure it was delicious stuff, but we didn't recognize the quality. We didn't know much about Mezcal back, I'm talking about 20 years, 25 years ago. Uh, and we were drinking well-known brands from America. But I tried mezcal back in the day. So I know about mezcal for a long time. Obviously, tequila is an spirit that has been, always been in Mexico. And I remember always seeing my dad or my family, you know, in family reunions, everybody drinking tequila when I was a child. So it was quite easy to fall in love with a product such as mezcal, you know, because it's, mezcal is, is pretty much the liquid culture of Mexico. You know, Mezcal is, is, is Mexico in a bottle. Uh,
0: well, growing up with, with tequila, was there a certain brand or did you know the local guy who made it? I mean, what was it like? I guess you brought up were brought up in Mexico City, so it's a big city. Where were you finding the tequila? Before we head into the Mezcal, let's just talk about the tequila for a second.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the main brands, Don Julio, Cuervo 1900, uh, Herradura, Siete Leguas, you know, uh, those brands that they've been in Mexico for many years, they they are very popular. Uh, they've been always very popular. I mean, my dad's favorite was uh, Centenario from Casa Cuervo, right? Whereas I remember one of my uncles, he loves his Don Julio Reposado. Before Bacardi Brown Foreman bought Herradura and before mm. Diageo bought, Julio. We're talking about when those brands were still Mexican owned and family owned. And, and in Mexico, we have lots of wine and spirit shops in every corner. Uh, we like to drink in Mexico, and, and it's a great and a, and a huge business. So it's very easy to go to, to your local wine and spirit shop, and it will be full of brands from the well known brands to the, the small producers. So I remember seeing those brands in my house or in, in my family's houses.
0: So was it more a mi- mixto that you were drinking or were you always, oh, it has to be 100% agave? I mean, was there a kind On, of that, not the snobbery, but just a, more of a knowledge even then about the difference in Mexico?
1: It was 100% agave. Well, huh. the, the, the category or the, the CRT, the Regulatory Council of Tequila, created the mixto Pretty much to cope with the demand in America. Uh, so in Mexico, we drank hundred percent agave. There will be some mixtures in the supermarket, but we will we know all the mixtures went went up to America.
0: All we, those silly Americans are drinking the mixed stuff. The you mixed know, we're, stuff. You know, yeah, that mixed stuff is. We're going to send that up north.
1: But uh, even even blanco tequila, for instance, that is very popular uh, nowadays in the US and in the UK. Uh, In Mexico, 70% of consumption of tequila is reposado.
0: Oh, wow.
1: If you go to a house, to a reunion, you don't bring a bottle of tequila blanco, but you don't spend too much on, on an añejo, right? So people always get a bottle of reposado. And also, the reposado is softer than blanco, right? And we drink it in palomas, which is tequila reposado, lime juice, grapefruit soda, and a bit of salt. That's it. Yeah, one, you know?
0: one of my favorite drinks ever. But how about in a margarita? Would you be having the um, reposado as well? Or would that be a blanco?
1: To be honest with you, in Mexico City, and I, I guess everywhere in Mexico, outside the touristic areas, we don't have the time or the patience to make the margarita. Oh, I- you, know? <laughs> you, have, you have your bottle of tequila. You have your bottle of a squirt or fresca, which is grapefruit,
0: uh-huh. ice.
1: And that's it, you know. You build it up the the same way. Exactly, you build it up the same way you do a Cuba Libre or the same way you do a a gin and tonic. So, so margaritas are very popular in, I guess, in the touristic areas. People Uh in a barbacoa, in a in a barbecue in Mexico. They will not have a shaker or they will not be but, doing you know, the margarita thing.
0: I love it. No, okay. We're going to get onto mezcal now because that's what we're here to talk about. But do you remember the first time that you was that, like, was it a, a, a lightning bolt moment when you had the first mezcal and said, oh my God, why haven't I been drinking this all these years?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the very first time I drank mezcal was back in Mexico in Puerto Escondido that we bought from one of these guys. Obviously at the time, I'm talking about 20 to 22 years ago. Right, at the time, it was super complex, you know. I mean, obviously I was also 22 years younger uh, <laughs> and and I used to drink whatever any any youngster used to drink, you know, uh. or drink at those days. So for me, it was super complex, and you know it was very smoky because from Oaxaca, uh, it was super powerful. I remember that it was a bit of a shock. Because it's, it's completely different to what I'm used to with tequila or with whiskey or with, or with rum. I used to drink a lot of rum and whiskey back in back in the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but then when I started working for Amateur Drinks, and then obviously I had the task of bringing Mezcal to the UK, and then I tried uh, some of the brands that now have been sold to, to to multinational companies. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is quite something, you know I mean? It was really shocking to experience all these flavors in each bottle, because in the case of Alipus, for instance, it's a single village, Espadín Mezcal, you know, four four Espadín Mezcals from four different villages, Santana, Juan, San Andres, San Baltasar, and each of them are completely different. The same thing with Del Maguey, the same thing with Pierre de Almas, all those brands I imported into the UK many years ago. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a shock.
0: All right, let's go back for a sec. So why don't you tell us exactly what mezcal is? All right, for those who might not know really exactly how it's made or where it's made. So give me a, a lowdown on the whole mezcal situation. All
1: right, well, mezcal, the name mezcal comes from the Nahuatl mezcatl right? Mezcalí, mez- which means cooked agave, right? So before before the Spaniards came to Mexico or before we had a, a distillation in Mexico, right? I say the Spaniards because we were conquered by the Spaniards, but they are, actually they have found some Filipino uh, steel pots in Mexico. But let's don't get into that because then we, we wanna, <laughs> we're gonna take hours. But before <laughs> distillation came to Mexico, Native Mexicans used to drink a fermented juice from the agave plant. You know, the agave plant mm-hmm. is this beautiful uh, big plant that grows across Mexico. That fermented juice is called pulque. Yeah, and it's, it comes around five to seven percent like beer. So, mezcal, the name mezcal comes from the Nahuatl. Now, mezcal is an agave spirit made from any type of mezcal. That's the best. And the biggest difference with tequila, tequila. Wait,
0: wait, wait. You said that mezcal is made from all different mezcals. You mean all different agaves, right? Excuse
1: me, excuse me, yes. All different agave plants, right? Whereas tequila is only made with one type of agave, right. which is called blue tequila, Weber. In mezcal, you can use any type. And in Mexico, we have around 150 different varieties, right? Oh, boy, tons. Uh, yeah, Plus, mezcal is made in nine different states in Mexico. So all the way from Oaxaca up north to Durango, you know. So you
0: could, you could live your life drinking a different mezcal, like literally every day of, of your life. Exactly. I guess.
1: Exactly. Actually, I mean, I always say that mezcal is closer to wine than to anything else. You know, in wine, you have different grape varieties, which give you different wine. But also a Chardonnay from Napa Valley is a completely different wine than a Chardonnay from from South Africa or from Argentina. It's exactly the same with with Mezcal, depending on the agave plant and depending on the climate conditions and the soil, right, and the humidity of the land, the juice, the spirit that you're gonna get out of it will be completely different. So, So Mezcal is an artisanal spirit made from the agave plant that's what mezcal is. In in beer terms, I always put it this way, in beer terms, tequila is your Foster's or Stella and mezcal is your craft local beer. That's that's how I put it for for people that don't know about mezcal.
0: So how do you even get your head around that? If I were going to start today, okay, I want to learn everything about mezcal. What is the first type or first area? Where do you start? All
1: right, well Almost, almost 90 percent, maybe 85 to 90 percent of mezcal is produced in the state of Oaxaca, in the south of Mexico, right? And out of that, of that 80 percent or 85 percent, maybe half of that is made from espadín agave. So espadín agave is the cousin or brother of tequilana blue Weber. It's a very similar-looking type of agave. You know, it's called espadín because the leaves. Look like swords. Mm-hmm. Espada in Spanish is, is is sword, right? So espadín. So each leaf looks like a, a big sword, and that plant can be cultivated, same as tequila or blue or tequila and blue, right? So it's easy for producers to cultivate espadín, and and if you go to Oaxaca, like you go mm-hmm. to Jalisco, you will see fields of agave espadín across across the land right the blue agave for tequila the plan is between five to seven years to mature Mm. usually tequileros or tequila companies they wait no more than five years for the agave to be to be to be mature some companies they claim that they leave the agaves for longer Uh, in mezcal espadín agave needs minimum seven years to mature mm-hmm. before you can harvest right then you have different wild varieties right varieties that take anything from 7 to 10 15 20 25 years the plant to mature before you can harvest it so how do you start obviously Spadina is the most common and the most popular and mezcal from oaxaca are very popular i know that around 95 percent of mezcals that you find in the uk They come from Oaxaca. And and mezcal from Oaxaca is is very smoky and spicy and peppery and sweet. So once once you are into mezcal, you will be able to recognize the espadina agave mezcals.
0: And so how would you drink it? So in Mexico, how are people drinking it?
1: In Mexico, you go to a bar and you ask for a mezcal and they will give you a a little vasito like this one. Uh, you mean like this one right here? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> actually, the one that you have is even more traditional than this one. This one is quite quite okay. pretentious, I will say. <laughs> to
0: be honest, you gave me this one. So, know, of course I it's know, traditional.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> so, and it's filled and,
0: with mezcal.
1: And that and that little glass is actually a, a candle holder. Right? So so back in the day, people used to recycle those glasses from the churches and and it's the perfect size for a mezcal right and it has it has a a wide uh, neck or it's not it's not as the typical tequila glass tequila shot which is short and 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 small this one is more rounded it's a bit bigger which is perfect for for obviously drinking mezcal you get better nose it gets more oxygen so the the alcohol and the flavor settle once once it's in the glass Uh, they also use in mexico clay clay pots because in oaxaca they use a lot of they cook with on clay Uh, Mm -hmm. the problem with clay clay little cups is that it absorbs the moscow right the clay takes it so if you have a very expensive mezcal and then you you, you sip it twice and then it's empty because <laughs> the cup <laughs> absorb it is very upsetting and it has happened to me many times so the best way to drink mezcal is always neat. you know straight up you don't need to put any ice. It, it doesn't need to be chill room temperature in one of those glasses and we well in Mexico in the cantinas or restaurants they always give you your glass in a plate with some orange wedges uh-huh. and then they they sprinkle some even some salt, warm salt, or some Tajin like chili and lime salt on on it, and then you just sip your mezcal by the orange, and then just have that beautiful experience. I wanna I wanna serve myself a mezcal since we are talking about it.
0: Now. What was its reputation way back when? Were was it snobby? Like certain people drank mezcal, certain people drank tequila? Or
1: no, no, totally opposite. I mean the reputation of mezcal until a few years it was it was very bad. So mezcal was considered to be drawn by by the the lowest class in Mexico, you know, by builders or because of some brands that unfortunately jeopardize and affected the name of Mescal. there were many oh. brands selling in plastic containers with the name Mescal, and people really associate da- those bad quality or poor quality products with the name mezcal uh, thankfully the CRT and, and and the different producers they came together and I said, okay well let's start from the beginning let's obviously promote the category uh, in a better way, mezcal is a very premium, good quality spirit, you know. And nowadays, it's actually one of the most expensive spirits. By value, it's higher than tequila, right? It's, it's at the same level as whiskey. So, so no, back in the day, the reputation was very bad, sadly.
0: But that certainly has changed. Now, we talked about just in Oaxaca. What other places in uh, Mexico is it? made or known, and also the different flavor profiles that you might find in each area.
1: As I say, mezcal is made by denomination of origin in nine different states, right? So from Oaxaca in the south, you have Oaxaca, Guerrero, Puebla, neighboring countries. And then you have Guanajuato, Michoacan, uh, San Luis Potosí, Durango, you know, and basically those states are part of the dimension of origin is because it's where the two uh, mountain rails of mexico cross the sierra madre oriental and the Me- sierra madre occidental and the agaves grows on those on those areas in that territory so all those nine states are part of the deal the dimension is because Agla- agave grows in those areas now when you're looking at Flavor profile per per agave is obviously very difficult because it's too many. But Espadin, as you can taste here in this in this delicious mezcal Ojo de Dios Espadin forty two percent, it is Espadin. Espadin agaves are, are usually sweet and spicy. You know, mezcal from Oaxaca, they they smoke a lot. They are usually very smoky you get hints of smoke on on the mezcals but then when you move to Guerrero for instance they have another agave which is very popular it's called cupreata that is very fruity every time I drink a mezcal from Guerrero I remember that chewing gum tutti frutti bubble gum tutti frutti of course every time I drink that that particular mezcal I get those notes of tutti frutti you know dry fruits dry strawberries dry berries But then you have tobala in puebla and tobala is very vegetal you know very green and then you move to san luis potosi and they use this agave called salmiana and salmiana actually is the agave that we used to make pulque it's a massive massive agave plant with the leaves the size of of your screen you know massive and it's popularly called verde or green because the notes, when you drink it or you smell it, is like fresh jalapenos, spinach, kale, asparagus, you know, super, super green. And then if you continue going up to the north to Durango, the Duranguesis, that's very leathery, cinnamon, uh, rubber, you know, I mean, every time I drink Durango, mezcal, Reminds me, when you open a, a, a box of brand new leather shoes or, <laughs> or leather bag, you know, when you open that box and you get this aroma of, of brand new leather, that's how it tastes and smells the mezcal from Durango, for instance. So I invite your listeners to obviously try to, to sip and, and to taste different mezcals from different agave plants in different states, because each one will be different.
0: Now, is everyone from all those areas drinking it the same way? So it's always neat, always in a little glass. What, what time of day? Is it a digestif, an aperitif, or an all-day kind of thing? Anytime, should I say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a any time drink, to be honest with you. If you're thirsty, uh, we, you
0: have a mezcal. We, we,
1: we drink it as an aperitif you know, to open the appetite. But it's also great as a digestive because it settles down the rich Mexican food, you know, when you have some tacos or when you have some mole or when you have some cochinita pibil, some pork pibil, you know, which tend to be heavy and complex, right? Then you drink some mezcal just to, just to settle down. It will traditionally be drunk, neat, in a little glass. But it's also great for cocktails. Okay,
0: we'll talk about the cocktails in a second, because I want to know, so you are now working at Mathis Drinks, and when is the transition when you decide that you want to make your own mezcal?
1: Right, so almost at the end of my time at Amathus Drinks, I saw the necessity of promoting the category of tequila and mezcal. You know, back then, we already had the Rum Fest and the Gym Fest and the Whiskey Show. But there was not an event to promote tequila on So I was like, I have to do it. It has to be me. I cannot let anybody else do it. So I found, I started Tequila and Mezcal Fest in 2014 with the objective to educate the consumer and the trade and to promote the category of tequila Mezcal. Because sadly, 9 out of 10 people in the UK, you mentioned tequila, and they remember those days at university, <laughs> you know, doing shots of tequila, which surely wasn't 100% good quality tequila. So my objective was to promote tequila as it should be, you know, because we drink tequila as, as people in this country drink whiskey, you know, mm-hmm. or people in France drink cognac. Armagnac, So we needed to, to, to do an event to tell people that tequila and mezcal has to be respected the same way, it has to be drunk at the, in the same way, you know, because people don't understand the process of, of, of making tequila, of the process of making mezcal, you know, the, the, all the years that you have to wait for the plant to be ready.
0: Especially so,
1: back then. Exactly. So in 2014, we did yeah. the very first Tequila Fest and it was a success and, and everybody loved it. And I had a lot of people saying, oh my God, this is unique and, and I love it. And I didn't know all the hard work behind tequila. And and I did it for five years, obviously until, until, until <laughs> the last lockdown. Five years, seven festivals, five in London, one in Liverpool and one in Belgium more than 10,000 people came to the festival across the, the seven festivals. More than 100 brands involved. And, and I think there is there is a before and after Tequila and Mezcal Fest because obviously people were like, okay, and we were in, in the Financial Times, you know, we were in The Guardian. People were talking about Tequila. People, obviously, it's, it's not only me. There was lo- lots of people doing a lot of work. The brands they, themselves, you know, I mean, the big brands, they have invested a lot of money on promoting Properly tequila mezcal. So, so yeah, then after that, well, after the first festival, I joined uh, my business partner now, Katia. She had an online shop of Mexican food, mexroser.co.uk. She came and, and, and we have a quick chat. So I joined Mexroser and we are now the biggest importers of authentic Mexican food. Right. So I import I import tequila, I import mezcal, I import a lot of food from Mexico, but I also sell on my on my website. Uh, we have a beautiful, big range of tequilas and mezcals. And then, almost three years ago, uh, I was at the Edition Hotel in, in London, having a mezcal with a couple of friends. And then they were, hey, listen, uh, we want to do a mezcal, why, why don't you help us? I was like, you know what, let's do it together. Because I had in my mind for many years to build, to create a a mezcal brand. I say, I will be only interested if we do it together, if I'm part of it. And we were like, okay, let's do it. So we started talking three years ago, and that's how we came up with this brand.
0: So there are nine regions where they make mezcal where do you start? You know, did you just kind of have a map and close your eyes and point to one? Or was there one type of mezcal that you loved so much that you wanted to recreate it?
1: To be honest with you, through my years in, in Mexico, and Amathus before, and my relationship with the Mexican embassy, I've been invited to different trade shows in Mexico. You know, the, go- the Mexican government used to take me every year to Mexico to meet producers. So, I had the opportunity to go, I went three times to to Oaxaca, invited by the the government. And on those trips, I had met maybe 70 producers, you know. They organized this big event where you have a table and and someone to assist you. And it's like, you know, like speed... uh,
0: Speed dating.
1: Speed dating, exactly. Uh So every 15 minutes, you have a new producer. And they come to you and you have a timer. And it's like doo, 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 doo. they present the brand and then they go and doo, 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 and they present the brand and then they go. So I had the opportunity to meet a lot of producers, a lot of companies. So my mezcal is from Oaxaca, just because Oaxaca right now is the state where is more developed in terms of of making mezcal. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the CRM, the regulatory council of mezcal, is based in Oaxaca. You know, Mexico is huge, so when you when you produced from in the north in Durango, which is delicious and uh, and I'm sure I wanna have at some point some mezcal from Durango in the north. But it's very difficult to have the the certificates and to have someone to taste because believe it or not, people don't know, but to be able to have a mezcal in the label and to be certified and to have to have the, the hologram,
0: right. Right?
1: each product needs to go through a very strict regulation, you know, mm-hmm. from laboratory analysis Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So Oaxaca is just more convenient, and I knew lots of of contacts, and I, I I had already some people. I mean, I knew already some some people that I I know that I like their mezcal. So it was just about you know sitting down with them again, and I went just with the person that that we click the best. You know, sometimes in 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 life and in business, it's all about the feeling. Always. So, so my mezcal is from, from Oaxaca, the, the two that I have right now. And that was because of the experience of those multiple trips that I did to Oaxaca. For business. And
0: did you know the flavor that you wanted to have immediately? And was it difficult to get that or were they already producing it?
1: No, no, no. We work on a formula, but I, I knew what exactly I wanted. You know, I wanted an easy to drink espadine for everyone, you know, for non-mezcal drinkers. For not tequila drinkers, for cocktails, you know, a product that is affordable for a restaurant or bar to use in the cocktails and for someone to have it at home, you know. Mm-hmm. The problem of mezcal is that it's very expensive. It's a problem because only few people get into that. If you like mezcal and then you see a bottle of 80 pounds or 100 pounds, you know that that bottle. It's worth it. If you don't know mezcal, you will be like, excuse me, 50 Fine. pounds, 80 pounds, 100 pounds. I don't want to spend that money for something that I don't know. I'd rather buy a whiskey that I know.
0: Right. Of course, so, if you've never tasted it before, you're not going to plunk so, down 100 quid on something that you're going to take a chance.
1: Exactly. And I think, in my opinion, that's one of the biggest problems of mezcal right now in the UK, which for many, or for those that don't know about mezcal, is too much money. Hmm. You know? so what i knew is i wanted a product at 42 percent abb because Mescal can be actually you find some Mescals in the in the market at 45 48 49 50 percent abb i want a 42 percent because 40 will be too weak i have tried mescal at 40 percent and i think you lose the complexity or 38 you lose complexity Smoky, but not too smoky, sweet, but not too sweet, easy to drink, you know? And, and you tell me, you are drinking it. You tell me how you feel it. You well,
0: know? I love, I love Mezcal. I love anything made from an agave. The flavor to me is so wonderful. It's so easy to drink. I think it's one of the, they're, they're the easiest spirits to drink for me. I don't feel like I'm drinking alcohol because they're so smooth. But how long did it take you to get that perfect equation?
1: two trips so I went first well, that's it yeah because I I'm, because I had everything in, in my mind you know so I went first to meet with four different producers and after that trip I chosen one and then we start talking about what exactly I wanted we play around he said okay I will send you some samples he sent some samples over I traced it with, with my team we were like oh god this is good all right <laughs> and then because you know what something is to drink it in oaxaca at 25 degrees you know in front of the cathedral drinking having some mole and something is to drink in the uk when it's gray and miserable you know and i wanted to have the same feeling and the same experience there and here when i in it so he sent the samples we loved it and he's and he's a mezcal that uses gaves that has been mature for seven years, cook on the ground using a specific wood, naturally fermented in, in wooden tubs for a week or, or two, depending on the season. Obviously, we use the tajona to grind the gaves slowly. You know, we have our own, our own uh, burro, a donkey mm-hmm. called Chichar- chicharrito, chicharito, And then we distill twice in a small copper steel pots. That's it. And a bit of water that we add in the fermentation tanks, and that's it. Nothing else.
0: Why did you call it Ojo de Dios?
1: If you look at the bottle, it comes from the huichol, or the huicholes, which is an indigenous group uh, in Mexico. Ojo de Dios, or God's eye, is a ritual tool that was believed to protect those people while they are praying. It's a magical object. Uh-huh. You know, it has an ancient, cult- it's an ancient cultural symbol and, and the ritual art is super strong and beautiful. And the idea of calling the Ojo de Dios is to enhance and to promote this beautiful culture. Jana. And Ojo de Dios is basically this little dot in, in the front. And, and these people, where they are praying, they have this symbol in different objects.
0: Like a third right? eye. Kind of. Exactly.
1: They believe that it's a protector in the Wichol or Wixaritari culture, which means also the power to see and understand things unknown. It's very powerful in that mm-hmm. group, in that indigenous group. And we call it Ojo de Dios to promote this culture that I hope will last for for many years. However, I know that it's losing a lot of power because the new kids... The new generations of groups, they are now obviously living closer to the city or the city is going closer to them. They're losing the identity, they're losing the traditions. And I hope it will not happen. And we want eventually to add pieces of Wichol into our bottles, you know, to promote and to help them because they live they live very humble. The way they live is just making these pieces of mm-hmm. art. Wichol. Wichol art is called. If you Google it, you will find some beautiful... I'm sure you have seen them.
0: It's very romantic. It is. Now, you held up a bottle that was black, and you are making something with coffee, right? Uh, Mezcal and coffee. That is the other thing that I am drinking here. Um, So why the mix of coffee? Why was that going to be your next thing?
1: Right. This is the premiere of this beautiful product, which is called... Oddd Mezcal, Odd Mezcal, Odd Cafe. We have to move to Odd, you know, because Ojo de Dios is difficult for some people to pronounce. So it's Odd Mezcal, Odd Cafe, which is basically my delicious 42% Espadine Agave Mezcal blended, macerated with organic Arabica coffee beans from Oaxaca. This is the first coffee mezcal in the industry is a mezcal because it's 35 percent it's not a liqueur you mm-hmm. know to be mezcal you need it has to be 35 to 55 percent ABV and it's just basically my mezcal organic uh, coffee beans arabica coffee beans from Oaxaca and a tiny bit of unrefined sugarcane sugar, cane sugar.
0: And how do you want this to be drunk?
1: Well, the way you you have it in your glass, I'm going to pour myself some. So obviously, if you you smell Mm. it, let me just pour a little bit, loads of obviously chocolatey, roasted coffee notes, bitterness, sweetness.
0: This would make the best espresso martini.
1: Exactly, exactly. So obviously, it's a beautiful digestive. Is great for for cooking mm. for desserts, you know. But I think in cocktails we'll do the best espresso martini. But also, not not a long time ago, a friend of mine made a, a a Manhattan with this, so I think it will be used in many cocktails, you know. I adding a couple of drops or 510 ml will enhance any of the classic cocktails, three ingredients: mezcal. Coffee and a tiny bit of unrefined sugar cane.
0: It would be amazing with an avocado, a little bit over ice cream. Oh man, that would be fabulous! But let's also get back to the mezcal cocktails, because mezcal was a sipping liquor, really. You know, do you see it as replacing tequila in cocktails? Like you take out the tequila, put in the mezcal, or do you think it's a, a whole different kind of cocktail when you so use you- mezcal?
1: To be honest with you, it can easily replace tequila. It does give a lot of complexity to cocktails. You know, I love Tommy's Margarita, you know. Tequila, lime juice, agave syrup, shake it on the rocks. That's it. Mm. But if I do that same cocktail with mezcal, I just love it. I prefer a mezcal Tommy's Margarita, 100%. Now, I'm not a gin drinker. So, but I love Negronis. So I remove gin and I add my mezcal into a Negroni, and it's just delicious. You know. So I think people need to to start playing around and replacing the gin, and replacing the rum, or replacing the tequila, and adding some mezcal into it, and they will be very surprised. the 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 complexity of, of 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 mezcal is just is just perfect for cocktails.
0: Fabulous. You've given me so many ideas.
1: And I think that people need to give it a chance. If you will drink Mezcal one day, just drink Mezcal. You know, if you go out, please do not drink Mezcal after you have drunk two glasses of wine or a bottle of champagne. Please just take your time and give yourself the opportunity to enjoy Mezcal. Because Mezcal, in my opinion, is just energy in a bottle you know when i say energy is that if you look at any of the spirits around you know they are made from weak raw materials like sugarcane like rice like potatoes like grapes you know they are they are weak weak why because they grow or they they harvest every six months or every 12 months in mezcal you have to wait seven 10, 15, 20 years. So the raw material is super powerful. So imagine th- those plants under the Mexican sun and the Mexican brain, you know, getting all the energy from Mother Earth. And then you drink it slowly. You really get that energy into your body. And mezcal is a, is a higher, you know. Usually alcohol is a depressant. You drink one or two glasses of wine and, and you feel sleepy. If you drink more mm-hmm. than two, then you get, you get drunk with mezcal no with mezcal you drink one one little glass and immediately kicks up you know it's like oh god it's like a gasoline i mean gasoline (laughs) in the way that it gives you energy right so give a chance to mezcal properly one day buy yourself a bottle of mezcal remember to always read in the label artisanal mezcal because there are three classifications of mezcal which i didn't mention before so you have mezcal industrial you have artisanal mezcal and you have ancestral mezcal right which follows different guidelines and different production methods so always look in the bottle for artisanal or ancestral if those words are in the label then you are safe and also always look for the for the hologram you know okay. and actually it has a qr code that you can scan it and it takes you to the distillery and tells you how it's been made. That is just beautiful, right? So I always say that you don't find mezcal, mescal finds you. And give it the opportunity and drink it properly with water, sip it, water, make a nice cocktail, water, sip it. And you will get the most beautiful high you will be in this beautiful feeling and the day after you will wake up with no hangover whatsoever, feeling great. And that's why I love my and that's why I drink this cup because I can drink it and the day after I will feel just like nothing happened.
0: Now, I always end with asking people if they could drink anything anywhere, what would that be? Now, for you, I'm going to change it slightly because I know what you would drink. But maybe if you could tell me where you would drink it, if there are some places that you really love, maybe some mezcalerias in London or in Mexico, a few places that you would love to drink your mezcal.
1: I will drink it at the Ganso Hotel in Los Cabos. Uh, I mean, I would love to be in Los Cabos Hotel right now in the Ganso Hotel in Los Cabos drinking at Tommy's Mezcal Margarita. And if it's not in Mexico and in London, I will be in any of the good Mexican restaurants like Chingon or Santo Remedio having a Tommy's Mezcal Margarita.
0: Well, cheers to that. I'm going to be drinking it right here in my house. Very happy (laughs) with you. you. Cheers. And thank you so much for introducing Mezcal to all of us. It was really a lesson and I've learned so much and I can't wait to try all the different regions and all the different mezcals.
1: No, thank you, Suzanne. Thank you for the invite. It was it was a beautiful experience and, and very happy to be involved. Thank you very much.
0: It was great to have Eduardo on the program teaching us all about mezcal and Ojo de Dios mezcal in particular. I know I can't wait to start trying it from each different Mexican state. If you want to try sipping mezcal and live in the UK, you can find a large selection at spiritskiosk.com and get 10% off using my code ALUSHLIFE10SK. If you live in the USA, you can find mezcal at drizzly.com and get $5 off your order of $20 using code ALUSHLIFE5. Now it's time to revisit a recent cocktail we made with tequila for our Cocktail of the Week. Johnny's Mezcal Tommy is our Cocktail of the Week. It comes to us from El Camion Restaurant and Bar in London. This bar is iconic in so many ways. Not only the third stop on my cocktail tour of London, which will be starting up again this September, but also the last bar in which Dick Bradsell, the inventor of the espresso martini, and so many other classic cocktails worked. Johnny, one of the bartenders there, decided it was time to try making a Tommy's margarita with mezcal. This simple recipe shows it works fine, better than fine. Just add the following ingredients to a shaker. 60 mils of mezcal, 30 mils of lime juice, and 15 mils of agave syrup add ice and then shake 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 then strain it into a rocks glass with ice and garnish with lime it's a fabulous way to enjoy mezcal or of course you can just have it the way eduardo likes it serve neat in a glass and sip it all day You'll find this recipe, more mezcal cocktails, and all the cocktails of the week at alushlifemanual.com, where you'll also find all the ingredients in our shop. It's tough seeing your relatives slowly change in front of your eyes. So enjoy every day you have with them and live a lush life. Make sure you head out to the bars and restaurants you love and tell them how thrilled you are to be back. Theme music for Lush Life is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. And Lush Life is always and will be forever produced by Evo Terra and Simpler Media Productions. Which leaves me to say the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation. And always drink responsibly and wash your hands, and wear a mask inside. We'll be taking a few weeks off while I'm in the USA, but don't worry, we'll be back soon with how to use bitters, how to drink rum, and a whole slew of other lessons. Until that time, bottoms up.